9.23 as we're back here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after with myself, Tyler Trumbauer, and my partner in crime, Chewy, here on a fine Tuesday morning. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in here on the dial, terrestrial radio, edinburghnow.com, the tune-in app on mobile devices. However you're listening, uh, we appreciate it, of course, as we are everywhere you are, as uh, Tubby likes to say. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, real quick before we get back into our sports talk, are you planning on graduating in December, Chu? You're graduating? No. No, you got a while yet. You're just a yeah. sophomore, right? Junior I'm a now? junior. You're a junior yep. now. You're a sophomore a year ago. Yep. If so, you must fill out the new online graduation application located in Scott's on your My Edinburgh portal. You will also be able to indicate if you want to attend commencement ceremony on December 12th. So don't delay. Do it today. I think that's for, I don't know if that's for undergrads and grads too. I'm not sure. Mm. I don't know if Tori Craven needs to do it or not, you know. <laughs> I don't know. She's the only grad student I know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This is news to me as well. News to me. Find out. I mean, go go on your Scots regardless. Figure it yeah. out. It's not on mine because I don't. So I don't. you have to wait. So you have to fill out an application? Yeah. Uh, well, it's like it's just telling them that you're going to be going, that you're A, planning on graduating, and B, that if you're going to go to ceremony or not. Because, you know, you can get your degree. You don't have to walk. Yeah, you don't have to walk. In commencement. Yeah. So speaking of people that walk, NBA stars. <laughs> yeah. Traveling. A lot of A lot of, of traveling. Yeah. Especially LeBron, I think I think that that traveling rule. I think it's like a two steps and a half. I think that's what it is. It might be like six sometimes, depending on who you are. Yeah, they let it. They let a lot slide. Not like the PSAC. No, they they're calling you. That. They're calling you all the time on that. They got a lot of rule changes though. The PSAC. Yeah. What's the rule? Yeah. Well, I mean, the game format's changed. Yeah. Right. New shot clock. New shot clock. Shorter shot clock. So from thirty-five to thirty. Um, there's like. I guess you can, like, put an arm bar on defenders in the post. Like, last year, you couldn't touch a defender in the post, so, like, uh, big men were just backing their way down in the lane. And then they got a foul. Yeah. And then um, the five, there's no more five-second calls, like, uh, dribbling up top. Yeah. So, like, somebody's guarding me up top. I can have the ball at half court. As long as I'm dribbling, I can just stand there huh. all day, you know, without getting the five-second call. So. Well, it makes sense because they, they – they... Trim the shot clock so you're not really – it's not going to be advantageous for you to hold the ball as long because exactly. you're going to have to move it. You lost five seconds. Exactly. exactly. The women's game really changed though. Now they're going to quarters. Oh, really? Yeah. How long? How long quarters? Well, I think, what, it was 20-minute halves before, so yeah. now it's 10-minute quarters. It's four 10-minute quarters. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Wow. That's what's happening. I don't know if I like that. I'll have to find out. I'll have to come to a women's game. Mm. Nonetheless, that's I'll coming up. That's, that's a little while away yet, Joe. We got, we got like a month and a half until – until Borough basketball gets underway mm-hmm. with the SRU Rock. Slippery Rock. Coming yeah. on in to the Borough. Yes, sir. Nonetheless. Excited. Excited for that. NBA time. That starts a little bit sooner. 27 days, right, Joe? Oh, actually 28 days. Oh, 10, oh, oh, come 10 on. 10 hours, 34 minutes. And you told me it was 27 before. I know. I thought I, I – You can't. Count. I looked last night, and it must have been like 12 o'clock or like one, around 1 when I looked. So I assumed you that when I woke up, it would be 27. Can't. <clears throat> Ridiculous. Yep. Anywho, uh, NBA media day yesterday, meaning the season's right around the corner, Chill. Yes, yes, I'm extremely excited. What are some big storylines heading into this season? Um, I mean, obviously, the Cavs, you know, coming off their finals failure, they were injured. LeBron was a beast and a half in the finals. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, I mean, is coming back now. He was injured. He's coming back for another year yeah. but a, with a bunch of young guys in L.A. I mean, the Mavs, just think about all the stuff they were doing in the offseason trade-wise. Yeah. Um, it's a lot going on. 
Does Kevin it. Durant's now cleared to do some stuff after being hurt. Yeah, he's fully cleared. Yeah. So, what are some big storylines that you think are going to come to head right in the beginning of the NBA season that people should look out for? I think a lot of a lot of the big storylines are um, a lot of stars are returning back to the game coming off injuries. Like you said, uh, Kobe's coming back. He's been fully cleared. Kevin Durant's been fully cleared. Uh, Paul George here is coming back after his, his gruesome leg injury. Gruesome. He's he's fully cleared. So it's exciting to get some of the top tier players back in the league. Um, obviously, and that means better basketball for the fans like myself. Um, and then you just got the you got everybody predicting like who's going to come out of the East and who's going to come out of the West. And obviously, the Cavs are the favorite out of the East. Oh, also, Chris Bosh came back. From uh, he had a heart condition. Did you hear about that? I did. Yeah. Yeah, he had an extreme heart condition that he's and he had. There was a whole piece on him of how he's how he feels rejuvenated, how it humbled him, and how um, he realized that the game could have easily been taken away from him. So he's back. That's big. That's big time for Miami. And also, my favorite player, Dwayne Wade, is back healthy. So it's just an exciting time. It's an exciting time for me because a lot of great players are now healthy. And the quality of basketball is gonna is gonna definitely go up. Yeah, more stars, more money, more everything. The NBA can't be more happy than they are right now. Yeah, I of agree. course, with all these guys coming back. I mean, who is your? I mean, knowing you know who made the postseason a year ago, um, knowing who's <coughs> returning for these teams, the shakeup a little <coughs> bit. There wasn't any major superstar shakeup. A few guys moving here or there. Yeah, but nothing major like crazy. some previous uh, off seasons. Who do you feel is maybe? You know, there's always going to be the contenders. Who do you think is going to be there? And maybe maybe even a sleeper pick that you might be like, you know, don't don't sleep on this team. Well, coming out the Eastern Conference, um, which is the weaker conference, which is the weaker conference. Yeah, I not like, the Sixers, right? No, absolutely not. I would right. never could they the could they win? Could they win seven games? I, I'm gonna say they're gonna win seven games because could they win seventeen? Ah, uh, I don't know about I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. I will give them more than seven because my teammate Mike Beck. Shout out to Mike Beck. He's a huge Sixers fan. I love the Sixers. That's my team. Yeah, yeah. he's a huge Sixers fan, and so are you. So I'll give them more than seven games. And they they drafted Jaleel Okafor, so that's a big time pickup for them. But coming out of the East, I definitely think the Cavs are the clear favorite. Um, Miami Heat, obviously, with Chris Bosh coming back and Dwayne Wade being healthy, are going to be a problem out there. I like the I also like the Toronto Raptors out of the east. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, but as far as um the favorites, the Cavs are definitely the favorite out of the east. Now in the Western Conference is is definitely a lot different because a lot of teams got better. And the defending champions, defending champions, the Warriors actually got worse. They lost, they didn't sign anybody big time or they didn't they didn't do much, but they lost David right. Lee. They lost David Lee to the Celtics, so their team got worse from that. And then the Houston Rockets obviously picking up Ty Lawson was a huge pickup for them after Denver basically just let him go after his uh, he had like some drunk driving charges or something. They basically just let him go. So Denver definitely picked him up, and that was a huge pickup for them. The Clippers got a lot better picking up Paul Pierce. <clears throat> so and oh, and also with uh, Kevin Durant coming back for the Thunder, the Western Conference should be as competitive as ever as it usually is every year. So I think I, I like the Warriors. I like the Thunder. Um, oh, I didn't even say anything about the Spurs. The Spurs picked, yeah. had a big, big uh, signing with LaMarcus Aldridge. That was big time for them. So 
they're definitely up there in conversation. I like I'll give you four teams. I'll give you the the Warriors, okay. The Spurs, the Thunder, and I'm going to go with the Clippers. Those are my top 4 right now in the West. See, the so, problem yeah. the problem that I have with the NBA A is cuz no one plays defense. But B yeah. is it doesn't seem like anything ever changes. Yeah. Ever. Like, okay, yeah, the Warriors finally came to prominence, but the Spurs have been good my entire life. Yeah. The Heat have been decent or good my entire life. Yeah. The – let me think of another team. i got to think the here. The Sixers were good. The Sixers well, – They used to be good. When? Allen Iverson. When? Okay. They were made in the finals. That was 2001. I was 2000s. six. <laughs> when he stepped over, you know, the yeah. Lakers there. But, I mean, they – okay, I guess you could say that. But, I mean, the Celtics, I guess, used to be good. Yeah. But – Maybe the Thunder stepped up. But there's a lot of teams that are just still there every year. Yeah. You and those are the ones that are winning. It's like it's like that's why people no one likes NASCAR. Because it's the same drivers winning every time. Yeah. People want to see yeah, new things. Yeah. Like golf. I don't know a lot of people like golf. I like golf. You can watch the golf. Sometimes it used to be Tiger Woods winning all the time. Mm-hmm. Now it's not. Yeah. Now they have legit, like, there's young guns coming up. You don't know who's going to win any week. And then there's always a surprise in general of a guy that maybe just sneaks out of nowhere on a random tournament, you know, and plays well. Got you. So I'm just saying there's... there's. So the NBA, you see what you're saying is it's predictable. It's a little too it's predictable. fixed. Yeah. My dad always tells me everything's fixed. Oh, yeah? Because he's a cynical old man. You know what's crazy? I used to think that. I, used, I, I thought that a couple years ago. Well, when they had, what was that, Tim Donahue that would caught betting on yeah. games, the official, that didn't help matters yeah, either. it definitely didn't. That seemed like a long time ago now. Yeah, because it would make sense for, obviously, for um, from a money standpoint, for the best two teams to be playing each other. It was The year I thought it was fixed um, was when the Lakers played the Celtics in the finals. I thought that that was just too much of a, a historical. Obviously, the Lakers and Celtics have a lot of history between them, two right. great franchises. I thought that that was set up in that way, so... It, it would just obviously the NBA Finals would just get a lot of views and stuff like that. That was the one year I thought it was fixed. But other than that, I feel like it's hard to it's hard to like fix you know basketball games. Like you can't. Well, you can <laughs> make calls down the stretch too that you're not making before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can from a referee standpoint. I hear what you're saying, but like from a player standpoint, I feel like all the players want to win. So I don't know how you could possibly fix, like, somebody making a basket here. Right, but I don't know about that because, I mean, like, how can you say they all want to win, Chew, when half of them aren't even going to play 20 games in the NBA regular season because they don't matter? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because, well, the focus – They want to win in the postseason, but you can't tell me night in and night out they want to win. The focus for a lot of teams, especially the older teams like the Spurs, they'll literally sit their players for like 30, 40 games throughout the year because they just know they're going to be in the stretch. They're going to be in it when the playoffs come. They don't even care about their seeding, like where they're going to be seeded in the West because they just know they can play with anybody when healthy. So a lot of the time that's a detriment to the fans because obviously the fans want to see good basketball and a lot of fans pay good money to see these, these great players play and they're just sitting out at their leisure. I feel like we talked about this before, but obviously from that perspective, I hear what you're saying. But from body, from body and re- getting rest, uh, uh, adequate rest, I see where they're coming from. But it does hurt for the regular season. That's why I'm more excited for the postseason rather than the regular season. So let's just get right to it. Yeah. Let's just. We already know the teams are going to make it. Yeah. And just pick pick from a lottery for the last like three spots because they're not going to do anything anyway. Well, the well the Cavs are going to be in the finals. Yeah. Um, Warriors. Cavs. I will say either the Warriors or 
the Spurs. The Warriors, Spurs. Warriors or the Spurs will be in the finals. There you go. Yeah. That's your NBA talk for with Chewy. We'll have to, you know, yes. we'll have plenty more of that with the NBA. What? Just how many? How long away? 28, 28 days, 10 hours, 24 minutes, and 53 seconds now. There you go. Yep. So we'll be here before you know it, folks, and we'll <laughs> be right back before you know it talking Burrow Athletics, volleyball, women's soccer coming up at you. Mike Fenner on the way as well. Don't go anywhere. It's the morning after. 9.40 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after with Tyler and Chewy here on a Tuesday morning. Like, Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to get to some quick Burrow volleyball talk as you tub- or Chewy and I got into this NBA talk. That just went crazy. So that was good work there by us. But uh, you know, went a little too long off the off the schedule there, Chew. Um, as Mike Fenner will be calling in at nine forty-five. We'll get him hooked up in the next commercial break, and we'll finish out the show with women's soccer. Of course, we have that action coming for you right here later tonight on eighty-eight point nine Fighting Scots Radio. Um, so women's volleyball home opener tonight, Chew. Damon College of New York, as I mentioned, comes on in the long-awaited home debut for this Fighting Scots team, which is off to a great start. They're they're thirteen and two overall, three and one in PSAC play. Yeah, yeah, their start is even more impressive, seeing as they haven't played a home game yet. Right, so all on the road. It, yeah, that makes their 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 record and their what they've been through even more impressive. So shout out to them. So their thirteen wins in their first fourteen games. Of course, their last match they played this past weekend was against Pitt Johnstown, who's the defending conference champion. They fell to, but before that, when they just had fourteen games under their belt. Um, 13 wins in those 14 matches, which was the best start in head coach Missy Sobolewski's era here at Edinburgh before, of course, as I said, uh, Pitt Johnstown, who is the Eastern Division favorite once again this year, um, snapped that streak. And the loss also snapped a 10-match winning streak, the longest since a 16-match winning streak in 2010. So the Scots had a best start as a team since 2011, best start in a Sobolewski era, and the and had their second longest winning streak since 2010. So that's a good start to this this season. This is a solid, solid squad shoe that this team that people should come out and watch tonight. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Even last year when I when I went to a couple games when I first came out here, I thought they were I thought they were legit. So they're just continuing to prove me right. So I I will most likely be at the game tonight. Um, so I advise everybody else to. Show their faces as well. Right. They lost Haley Merritt, did these fighting Scots, their libero from a year ago, who was just really the, 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 you know, the, the catalyst, the vocal yep. leader of this team. She really was just everywhere on the court. And Mara Maycock, who was a starter a year ago, now switched to libero um, for this year. She's in for her senior season. She leads the team's uh, defense with a team high 214 digs. So she's doing a solid job replacing her. Having to make a, a position change um, that late in your career right. is something you is very rare in collegiate athletics. Yeah. Um, but she did that, and she seemed to have a seamless transition. Um, some some others that are you know stepping up thus far: uh, Victoria Severo, a transfer in region transfer from Charleston, West Virginia, now is coming to Edinburgh as she's a junior. She's got two more years left. Um, of eligibility, um, she paces the squad with a 350 hitting percentage and has 129 kills on the season, ranking second on the team. So she, in her just 14 matches under her belt as a Fighting Scott, is having a tremendous start as well. So she's got two years after after this year. No, she's got one more oh, year. She's, after this. So she's a okay. junior, then a senior next year. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, so I mean, she was a solid player for Charleston, West Virginia. Someone that Edinburgh, you know, was afraid to face. I wouldn't say afraid to face, but was a tougher opponent for them yeah. with Victoria. And of course, you know, it's a, it's great to get a transfer like that, and B, it's even better when you get it from your own conference or exactly. from your own region because that's going to hurt. You know, exactly. it's going to hurt that team. So that's even better. Um, of course, you know, Sydney Trathan in her sophomore season after being a freshman standout a year ago, she's controlled Edinburgh's attack. 
Mind you, this is a different offense, Missy Sobolitsky and the players have told me. So you want to go out and check out this team. A different offense they're running. Seems to be working well. But back to Trayton. She's controlled the attack all season long. Has a team high 541 assists. Excuse me, 47 assists. I don't want to dock her those six. 547 assists thus far this season. So she's doing a great job yeah. as well offensively. Yeah. The first thing I noticed about them when when I watched them play, they play with a lot of energy. They play with a lot of energy and a lot of passion. And it's just and they're like very team oriented. Right. So loud after every point, yeah. huddling up, getting that thing going. Exactly. It seems like they all really like each other and <coughs> really enjoy being around each other and playing and being successful and it's it's showing on it's showing on the court there. Right, so that's good work by them. Um, continuing that on, of course, other names of note, LaToya Hutchinson, Shallon Litweiler, uh, Hutchinson a junior, Litweiler a sophomore. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of good teams. There's a freshman starter, Megan Screptox, doing an unbelievable job thus far uh, for this team. So this is a great team. I mean, this. I mean, but now they're getting in the PSAC play. I mean, tonight is not a, is not a conference sure. opponent, but they just got their PSAC crossover action getting started this past weekend, and then they're going to get into the Western Division, which is very very difficult. I mean, remember a year ago, this Fighting Scott squad, um, record wise, missed out of being one of the Western Division teams representing. Uh, or being represented in the postseason for the conference. But if they were in the Eastern Division, they would have been like the second or third best team because that's just how tough the Western Division is. Yeah, so they're going to bring their A game night in and night out, and that's about to get started this weekend as there's more chances to see the team here at home as Friday, October 2nd at 7 p.m., Clarion comes to McComb Fieldhouse, and then right back at it Saturday afternoon, IUP at McComb Fieldhouse. That's a 3 p.m. start for that one. 7 o'clock Friday night, 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon, and, of course, 7 o'clock tonight. Three chances this week to see your Edinburgh women's volleyball team. Choose going tonight. Join him. It'll be a great time. Head out and see the ladies. I'll probably catch a match probably Friday night. Saturday I'll be at IUP. When IUP's here, I'll be at IUP for Borough football. So you can catch Borough volleyball here at home. We're going to hit another break, our final break, a quick one here, so we can get Mike Fenner online here, and we can talk real quick women's soccer, which of course you can hear right here in 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. We'll preview their matchup with UPJ with Fenner on the other side. Don't go anywhere. 9.51 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, the last segment of the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in. I am Tyler Trumbauer alongside Chewy wrapping up today's show. Um, we're going to finish it up with women's soccer talk, of course. We're going to have women's soccer action here tonight on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio um, at starting at 6 o'clock with the Fighting Scots hosting UPJ at Sox Harrison Stadium. Um, that will be available here on 88.9 EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app, and also will be uh, available live on ETV Channel 4 and on Edinburgh.tv. I will be having the play-by-play with my color commentator, Mike Fenner, who I believe is on the line right now. Mike, how are you? Fine, sir. Tyler, I'm tremendous. How are you gentlemen doing this morning? What's up? What's up, Mike? How's it going, Chewy? I'm all right. I'm all right. All right, you two can talk later. <laughs> anyway, um, Mike, so we're going to do a little role reversal today. I'm going to do play-by-play. You're going to do color. How do you feel that's going to go? I feel that's going to shake up our dynamic a little bit. It's going to be different, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be enjoyable. That's for one. That's, that's one thing that's for sure. I know it's going to be enjoyable. Well, you've got you to gotta still bring the humor, you know, because that's what I do in color. So you've got to say humorous things. Yeah, got to mix it up. So you got to do that. So, of course, uh, UPJ, is this the first women's soccer match ever on 88.9? I don't know about all time, but in recent history, I can tell you uh, that that would be for sure, yeah. We'll have to get, we'll have to get maybe 
Ron Raymond on on the on the dial to figure that out. We've been, we've been um, breaking yeah. barriers ever since I ever since I came on the show, Chewy, because you're you're the game changer, Chewy. Yeah. That's honestly why. So tonight, okay. um, the Scots trying to bounce back from a two to one loss to Lockhaven, who was second to last in the conference standings. Now they're going to go to the team that's last in conference standings. UPJ Burrow five and three overall, four and two in the PSAC. Mike, you're the beat writer for the Spectator covering this team. I saw them for the first time in person on Saturday. What do you make of this squad? They, they've, they've had some tough losses against Millersville and Lockhaven, but they've also been ranked as high as 16th in the nation. They're kind of a little bit of a roller coaster thus far. I think you said it right there, uh, roller coaster. That's exactly what I was going to go with. It's been a toss and turvy start to this season. You talk about a team that started out 3-0, and a big statement win in their home opener against Notre Dame College of Ohio, 3-1 to in that one. Very, very exciting game as well. Uh, but after the first three wins that included Clarion on the road, Notre Dame College, and then Shippensburg, it's been uneven. Uh, we haven't seen this team win two games in a row since that three-game winning streak. Uh, but if you want to take a glass-half-full approach to that, they haven't lost two games in a row either. It's just been back and forth uh, ever since they got underway with Millersville back on the 12th. But, yeah, this, this month of September has been really unpredictable. I think you've seen a lot of different kind of styles of games. You talk about a Seton Hill road game where they put up seven goals for the first time since 2008. Uh, and then some of these low-scoring defensive affairs, uh, such as the Lockhaven game on Saturday, such as the Cal win last week, and the Millersville loss that we referred to. So it's really been uneven so far, and it's hard to get a pulse and get a beat on this team. Right, yeah, and you know, one thing you mentioned, those low-scoring affairs, one thing Gary Kagiavis, the head coach of this team, is very comfortable with is his defensive unit. Offensively, though, that's where the question mark lies. But some people are trying to answer that question are, you know, Jansen Hartman, Haley Hammer, and others. I mean, what do you feel about this offensive unit? Do you feel it still has a lot of progress to make, or what is your diagnosis of Burrow's offense? I mean, offensively, I think it has been inconsistent. You want to see more performing and in that Seton Hill game, it's great to get seven goals, including four in the first half. I mean, you talk about a hat trick from Jansen uh, and Hartman leading the team with 16 points this season. Very tremendous a player that uh, Coach Kagiavis told me, you know, we expected her to be able to perform this way last year, even with the stars that she was surrounded with and the experienced girls in front of her. We still knew that she was capable of doing these things. Uh, but I think she needs some help. Uh, you talk about Ashley Mutkus, another good contributor. Uh, three goals, three assists so far this season. And really, she was the big-time performer in that Notre Dame uh, of Ohio win. But I think, like you said, outside of those two and maybe Haley Hammer, there's got to be more help offensively because there is good goal goaltending uh, for this unit. It just, uh, it's been a little inconsistent, so they're going to need a little bit more scoring, I think. A little bit more scoring. Do you think they turn this ship around and avoid their first back-to-back losses of the season this year, Mike? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to argue that they uh, are, are going to not win this game, considering what you mentioned, UPJ 0-8. This is a team that Edinburgh took care of considerably last year with a 7 nothing win. I believe, if I'm, uh, if I'm correct on that, it was senior day uh, for the ladies against UPJ. So this is just a team that it's a bottom feeder, let's be honest. Last in the PSAC, Edinburgh right now with a lot to play for. They are in seventh, uh, right where they were picked preseason. So... It's a game they have to get back on track with. And honestly, not to look ahead because you don't want to overlook an opponent, but I think it's more important to look to that Westchester matchup uh, after UPJ and make sure you can get two in a row and establish some momentum uh, coming home for that Mercier's contest two games later. And they're going to try to do that tonight right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, 6 o'clock against the Pitt-Johnstown Mountain Cats with myself and Mike Fenner on the call. Fenner, thanks for a few few minutes this morning. Now you can uh, finish eating your cereal. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>
I appreciate you guys having me. Looking forward to the call tonight, and uh, hope you guys had a great show. Appreciate it, sir. Uh, take care. We'll talk to you later. So that's Mike Fenner, the man, going to be calling the game with me tonight, giving us a few minutes to talk Edinburgh women's soccer. So that's the breakdown from him. Uh, he's going to be giving more breakdown tonight with uh, myself on that call, Chewy, and then we're going to be uh, getting that broadcast going right there from Sox Harrison Stadium, 6 o'clock. So you can be at the volleyball match and then listen to the soccer, soccer match. So that's probably the yeah. best way you could you could do it because no one's going to be covering the volleyball match. So you could do that, you know what I mean, too. That's exactly. that's the that's the preferred method of of staying in touch with Borough Athletics this evening. Yeah. So you can do that. That's all we're going to be doing today. That's it, Chew. We're done. Done for the day. Good work by you, sticking Thank it out through the through the, the thick and thin of of <coughs> maybe a little bit of an illness as you're coughing as I'm saying this. <laughs> so I appreciate that, sir, and I'll see you hopefully back here on Thursday if yeah. you if you're still feeling up to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely be here thir- be here Thursday. That's all for us once again. Thank you all for tuning in here on a Tuesday edition of the morning. After, of course, once again, women's soccer tonight will get on air about 5.50, kickoff at 6 p.m. between UPJ at Edinburgh with Mike Fenner and myself on the call on 88.9 and on ETV. We got you completely covered here on Campus Media. That's all for us. Talk to you tonight and talk to you tomorrow. Tubby, myself, back here in the morning after. Have a great day.